As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. I want to put a picture of a guy up. I don't know if you've ever seen this guy before, but his name is Chuck Feeney. And you may not know who he is, but if you've been to an airport, you visited his store. He co-founded this duty-free shoppers. And so that's the place you go to buy, I don't know, your Godivas or your perfume or your chocolates and all your, you buy Ray-Bans. I mean, you get a watch. All tax duty-free. Have you been there? Who's been to this place? And this guy, I mean, 1960, he co-founds this. He's turned this thing into, I mean, it's unbelievable. He just, what happened? But he did this thing, and he did it three or four decades ago. He said, you know what? And he founded this thing called giving while living. He coined the phrase. And so he's like, I want to give all my money away. I want to give it all away to charities. And so he inspired people like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. Those guys are all kind of known for this, their generosity. But like th- it all goes back to him, and they would give him the credit. So he said, I'm going to give everything away. They said, we're going to give half. So I'll let you be the judge of who's more generous. But at 89 years old in 2020, Chuck finally, he accomplished his goal. He gave $8 billion to charity, anonymously. People didn't know it was from him. The guy never owned a home. The guy never owned a car. The guy wore a Seiko watch. I can't even comprehend that. And, I I mean, he gave it all away. And, And so look at what he says. Here's a quote. This is what he said. I see little reason to lay giving when so much good can be achieved through supporting worthwhile causes. Besides, it's a lot more fun to give while you live than give while you're dead. Now, I know as I talk to you here in person and those online, we're never gonna, man, we're never gonna amass the fortune that he did. But could we be as generous as him with what we do have? That's where we're going. If you have a Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 26. We're gonna look at a woman today. I'm telling you, get ready She's mentioned in three of the four Gospels. This story is inspiring. This story is fascinating. This story is out of control. She's mentioned three of the four Gospels, only 23 verses, eight of them here in Matthew 26. But her story has lived on and will continue to live. She is a woman who was blessed to invest. And so we're in a series, if you're visiting with us, it's called Together on Mission. And so what we're doing is we're looking at people in the New Testament. We're turning to the Bible. Good stuff? We're looking at people in the New Testament, and we're seeing how they're fulfilling the mission of the church by living out the values of the church. And so these are the message titles. These are the values we're talking about. This woman has been one to worship. That was last week's message. And this week, you're going to see that she's blessed to invest in, and I'm going to give you four characteristics of people just like you and me who are blessed to invest. Why? Well, so that we can do a little gut check, a little reality check, 
see where we're at, see what we're doing. Look at her, verse six, Matthew 26. Now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman, there she is, she came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, they were angry, saying, why this waste? Hey, we could have used this, sold it for a large sum and given it to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, my version, red letters, why do you trouble this woman? For she's done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you don't always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I say to you, whoever this gospel is Wherever it's proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Father, we call to you now, and we just ask that you'd speak to us through your word. I pray you'd humbly use me uh, to communicate a story of a woman that, quite honestly, I can't get over it. I can't get over what she did and how she responded. And so would you allow us to, to get into this and, and see from her perspective and that we could learn for her, from her because we want to be together on mission. And we want to accomplish together what we can't do individually, but we can do collectively. And we want to do it here in this local church. If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. amen. Characteristic number one, we're going to put it right on the board here. People who are blessed to invest, they care deeply and intensely. I mean, there's a deep concern. There's a deep care that, that that's exactly what we see with this woman. That's what the story is all about. Let me flip the page in, in verse six for me, get into the details. Jesus was at Bethany, and so he's east of Jerusalem. He's in the house of Simon the leper, the text says, and so Simon probably doesn't tell us, but he's probably been healed by Jesus. He's throwing a big bash at his house. House is a lot smaller back then. Think, I don't know, studio or smaller. And you got him, you got the disciples, you got this woman, you got a couple of other people. There's probably 17 or 18 people crammed in this little space. And then what happens is the woman, who shall remain nameless at this stage, she goes up and she takes an alabaster flask, a very expensive ointment, and she breaks it and she gets through the crowd, she goes up and she just puts it, kneels and, and, and puts it at Jesus' feet. Now, now that alabaster thing, it's, it's made of granite. It's very expensive. The, the perfume, what... You do the study on this, this was the most expensive thing she ever had. This was equal to an annual salary. That's what they say, the commentator. So this thing was the most important thing, the most expensive thing that she ever had, and she put it at the feet of Jesus. So I don't know what your most expensive things. Is it the car keys of the car you're driving? Is it the house keys of the place that you own? Is it the portfolio with the investments that are going down, but now they're going back up? Like, what is the most, the, the most valuable thing that you have? Can you imagine for a moment? That's where this story is. Caring with such devotion and deeply for Jesus that you put it at his feet? You anoint him with it? Like, that's what's going on. So, so who's this woman? Well, you got to read John's account to figure out that her name is Mary. 
And so three of the four gospels mention her, as I've said, if you, if you dig into the details, it doesn't say it all here, but, but she literally, she's, she's, she's kneeling down crying while she's doing this. And then the other gospel writers say she's wiping her tears off Jesus' feet with her hair. I mean, she adores him. If that doesn't grab you, you may be spiritually dead. Warning. If you're not like, like oh my goodness, I, I, I'm concerned about your spiritual temperature here in the room and online. Like, this is incredible. And so let me tell you about this Mary. She's mentioned three times, lots of Marys in the New Testament. She's mentioned three times. First, it's in Luke chapter 10. She's doing the same thing. If you've been to church for a while, you study the Bible, you know this story. Jesus is there. He's teaching. She's sitting at his feet. And her sister Martha... She's in the kitchen preparing the food. And Mary's like, thank you, Jesus. I love you. And listening to him teach God's word. And Martha's going, why aren't you in here helping? Jesus, get her over here. And what's Jesus do? He rebukes her. She's doing the only one thing that's really important right now. Get out of the kitchen. Stop working for me and start worshiping, okay? I mean, it's It's incredible. And then we see her in, um, so Luke chapter 10, John chapter 11, again, she's at the feet of Jesus on her knees, and, and she's begging him because her brother Lazarus has died. And so Jesus is finally on the scene, and she's just begging him, like, Lord, Lord if you would have been here, this wouldn't happen. And what does Jesus do? Come on, what's he do? Heals Lazarus. I mean, just does a miracle. Because she begged him, I don't know. Kind of pushed the text too far. But it certainly helped. And then here in Matthew 26, why is this getting our spiritual temperature up? Because of the location of the story is Matthew 26. The location, the timing the events that were about to unfold. This is really the first of Passion Week. This is the first event. Most people don't look at it like that. This, like Jesus has got a week left. And look what Jesus says in, in verse 13. He, 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 puts, he puts the feelers out so that we can understand what's happening. And, and he said to her, he, he talked about the fact that, excuse me, it's not in verse 13, but he said that what she's done is a beautiful thing. You're always going to have me. End of verse 12, she's preparing me for burial. There's the hint. So the other guys are kind of clueless. I don't want to push things too far, but I think she had an inclination of what was going on. Did she know for sure? I don't know, but out of the 17 people in that house, she was the closest one that got a clue of when Jesus said, hey, this temple's gonna die and then it's gonna be risen again. This body, she had some awareness. And she was devoted to him. My grandmother on, um, you know, my mom's uh, mom, it's a crazy story. Like, you know, she's about the only grandparent that I really remember. She died when I was young, but I didn't really know the others. And so she was from Croatia. 
But catch this. So she was so devoted. She's one of the most devoted people that I know. She went when she was a kid, uh, excuse me, teenager, like 17, 18, she went into the convent. And so she wanted to be a nun. This is in Croatia. So the guy who liked her, he comes over to the United States, that would be the future grandfather, and he gets set up and established. Then you know what he does? He goes back, I mean, this is a true love story, and he pulls her out of the convent. Love this guy, is this sounding good? Very convincing. I think I take after him as I pulled Jody Zappia out of the demise of whatever she was doing to marry me. And so he, he pulls her out and he marries her he takes her to the U.S., and, and, and honestly, she never spoke any English. She spoke Croatian totally, so I never communicated with her. And I remember as a little kid, whether it was at her house or whether she was at our house uh, in her later years, and, and she was, you know, it was the end. And all I remember ever seeing, and my mom would speak Croatian to her, and it was kind of broken, so I could pick up a few things, but she was straight, like you couldn't communicate with her. All she ever did was sit there, and she did the rosary. What's grandma doing? The rosary. It, it, we're watching TV. Grandma, you want to watch? I mean, that's all she ever did. Now, I'm not saying, I, I don't want to get on, like, like her devotion looked a lot different than you and me. But I'm just telling you, like there was, like she was worshiping Jesus in the way she was taught. And she was devoted to him. Now, I don't know what happened when she got to heaven if God said, hey, you did a lot of that, you didn't need, but if you would have just talked to me, I'm telling you. All I'm saying is, my grandmother had a devotion that in my eyes resembled this devotion. And so I want to challenge us with our devotion. Do you care deeply and genuinely for Jesus? Second characteristic is this, that People are blessed to invest. They give graciously and sacrificially. So you've already seen it. I mean, this, I'm not joking. What she gave was everything. Like she didn't have anything else. We don't know what Jesus actually did for her to respond that way. I'm certain he did something. And it changed her life incredibly. And then this is where it gets kind of crazy because think about it. We're studying two women so far in this together on mission. Last week was the woman at the well, one to worship. This week, it's Mary here who was one to worship and blessed to invest. And the women are leading the way, man. And so the disciples, they're a little clueless. I wonder who you're more like today. And look what they say in the text. And disciples see it, they're mad. And they literally say, well, why the waste? We'll come back to that word. And, and they say, for this could have been sold for large money, give it to the poor. And Jesus defends her and she says, hey, guys, shut up. Doesn't say that, but that's my translation. <laughs> and, and why do you trouble this? this, this what are you kidding me? I mean, she's, she's at his feet. And it's like, what she's doing is a beautiful thing. Translation, double-click, why don't you try it? Now, if you do a little homework, you'll find out that John identifies the culprit who led the band. Can you guess who it was that got the other disciples riled up about, we should be giving the money to the poor? 
It was Judas. Very good. This section, whoever said that, raise your hand. Go ahead. Just You're carrying it all. You're carrying the load here for this whole section. Please. I, so Judas, who had the money and was the treasurer, and so what was wrong with him? We could go into a lot of detail. Well, let me say it like this. I don't think he was won over to worship, and I'm not sure. I don't think he was blessed to invest. You say, how do you know? Well, look what he does. I mean, hear the placement of this. He leaves this meeting. And look at exactly what he does next in Matthew chapter 26. I mean, the next verse, verse 14. Then one of the 12, whose name was Judas, went to the chief priests and said, what do you give me if I deliver Jesus to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Wow. Did Jesus know? Yeah, if you look at verses 20 through 25, if you're following along in the text, Bible church, bring your Bibles, open them up, get it on your phone, 20 through 25, Jesus knew. He knew exactly who it was. And so again, Judas, what's the deal? Well, I mean, did he think Jesus was going to do something for him and Jesus didn't? And he might have thought that he came to establish the earthly rule and that he was going to be the CFO of the new regime? Was it his love of money? I don't know. Those are all things we're left to wonder about. But I mentioned this word waste. And so these guys say, hey, that's a waste. It's interesting that in John chapter 17, you can check me, Jesus calls Judas the son of perdition. Do you know what perdition means in the Greek language? Waste. Judas was the son of waste. So as he was accusing this woman and of wasting something on Jesus, Jesus calls him, no, you're the waste. I mean, I know about you, but I don't want to be called any kind of waste. That's just not what I'm going for. And, and that's what Judas is. That's what he was. Yeah, he regretted it. But I, I don't want to waste any opportunity. And so this is a call to all of us here in the room and online, let's not waste the opportunity. We talk a lot at High Point about time, talent, and treasure. And so let's just take a look at each one of those because I don't want to waste my time. You do the self-evaluation. How much time did you spend this past week just, I don't know, in your prayer closet, in the Word, praying to Jesus. I mean, you, do, you just, like, like, we let things get in the way and clutter. How much time, let's take the second T, how, how much talent, you, you, we've been gifted and so thankful, how much of your talents have you used to advance the gospel? Not to build your empire, but to continue his. And so I don't want to say much about that because we're going to talk about that next week. Next week's message is save to serve. So get ready to be challenged like you've never been before about your talents being used for the Lord. I will save that till next week. But how about your treasure? 
And that's what this is about. I mean, this is all she had. This was, there was nothing else of greater value that she put before Jesus. And so how much of your treasure have you given for kingdom purposes? Our interns went down to see um, the, um, went to Stateville. Many of you know we planted a church there. And I heard this story this past week that the interns went there, and then this is what they met with 30 or so of this Stateville guys. Like, they're in the prison. The interns are in there, and these guys are so welcoming to them. This is a life-changing experience. And this is what the guys said. The guys said, you know what? Um, We're so grateful to High Point because... You don't just come once in a while like some other churches, like every couple months or once or twice a year. You're here every week. And then they said, you know, we're so grateful to High Point Church because you not only come every week, but you actually know our names. Like the other people that come, they kind of look through us. They look past us. They don't know our names. You guys know our names. Can you believe this? They said, you know, we're thankful to High Point Church because you don't just come and, and, and look at us and, and, and give us the message of you're a sinner in need of repentance because we know that already. Uh, I kind of know that. But, but you treat us like a brother in Christ and you encourage us. And, and then one guy, we got this letter. Um, Pastor Craig got it. Uh, and gave it to me just on the way in right now. And, and we got this guy wrote back, Dear High Point Church, from the prison, Benny. Greetings. May God bless you all. I'm part of High Point's leadership team at Stateville. Can we praise God? Please accept this check for $42 for the prison ministry we are grateful for. Thank you for starting our new church here at Stateville. Thank you all. That's you in Christ. I mean, are you kidding me? He's given his commissary money. He's tithing off of his commissary money to the church. I mean, it's incredible. You know, statistics tell us that talking about treasurer, that statistics say that 38% of those that attend church don't give anything to the church. So that's nearly four out of 10. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Which of the four is it? But the rest of you guys, the other six, yeah, which is it? Who is it over there? You're only given 2.5% of your income. Which are you now? And during the Depression, just to make it worse, during the Depression, the Christ followers gave 3.2% when they had nothing. I said all that to say this. I I don't want to be average at anything. Do you? I don't want to be a statistic, man. This guy, I mean, this is incredible. And I'm so thankful for what God is doing here that your commitment to limitless, it's making an impact far beyond what we could possibly imagine. 
I mean, God's doing an incredible work. I mean, we wouldn't have been able to start the two churches in Hinsdale and St. Charles. I'm so grateful for the collective generosity of all of us here at High Point Church. And so people who are blessed to invest, they give graciously and sacrificially. And third, good stuff, people who are blessed to invest, they see differently and uniquely. So they don't have the same eyes. And so that's why they do some things differently. Back into the text, this woman, she saw the opportunity, she saw the uniqueness, and she responded. The other disciples, they didn't. And so what did they say? Jesus rebuked them. Hey, you always have the poor with you, but you're not going to have me. And so what's he saying here? Is he dishing dishing the poor? No. He's just saying, guys, this is a pretty unique opportunity right now. She's preparing me for burial, okay? And let this go on for a bit. She she saw differently. And, And do we have eyes to see things differently as a result of what God has done. I was in North Aurora, this is months ago, speaking at our North Aurora location, and um, we didn't kind of tie up the story. There was this guy, his name is Alex, and he's from Romania. And so he got up after the message, and I was sharing a little bit about what we're doing over there in Ukraine, and pretty much everybody's forgotten about Ukraine, but it's still happening. And and, and, and he came up to me and he said, well, what can I do? And he's a brand new believer. And, and so I said, well, you know, we got people going over there. We got some churches you can partner with. And then he said, I, I, I want to go. And then literally a couple months later, what he did was, he, he, here's a picture of him. He went to Ukraine, Alex did, and he paid his own airfare and he went there and connected with the church that, that we're a part of. There's a High Point Send Network church that's there. And they're taking care of 100 refugees from Ukraine. And they're in Romania, and he can speak the language. He's from there. And so he helped them get settled, and we're providing food. We're providing lodging for their families. We're providing educational needs. I mean, I say we. That, that's you. That's what we're doing through Limitless. And, and so this guy just got up, and it's just like, hey, I got to go. Now, I'm not saying that you need to get on a plane and go to Ukraine or go to Romania. You don't have to fly anywhere. I mean, but are you seeing things differently? How are you responding? And I always say, like, you can't meet every need. Like, we can't, there's no way. There's so many needs. But, but what needs are you meeting? And we collectively, as we pull together, we can meet a lot of needs for the gospel and its advancement. Amen? And so this woman has challenged me. I hope she's challenging you that what, that, that, that I got to see things differently. And because of what Jesus did for her, she was willing to give sacrificially to bless him. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And so lastly, people who are blessed to invest, they, they respond willingly and graciously. Like there's no arm twisting. 
Like, like they just respond. And, and so look at this verse. It's quite unique. I, I, she, Jesus says, truly I say to you, whoever this go, wherever the gospel is proclaimed, so the good news about me and what I'm about to do in the whole world, what she's done, will be, it's going to be told in memory of her like forever, pretty much. Anytime the gospel is. It, did that come true? Well, it's 2022 and I'm talking about it. Her story is in the Bible that what? That, that this is, Guinness Book World Records says this is the most popular book. It's sold over 5 billion copies. That's an old statistic. I, I, I think, I mean, I think that it's true that she's the poster girl for not only being one to worship, but blessed to invest. And again, the females, the women, they're leading the way for us that are looking, whoa. It's a pretty awesome thing. And so, you know what's coming. We're gonna do a little review. I'm gonna invite Jessica and the worship team. They're all gonna just come up on the stage and and we're gonna set up to kind of close ourselves in worship. So thankful for our worship team. Can we praise the Lord for them? You may not be so thankful when I give you these questions. But in all seriousness, you know what we're talking about. So as they come forward, and come on, guys, just come right here. Be with me. We're all together as one. And, and I want our hearts. Not that close, Jeff. I'm just kidding. Come on over. <laughs> but I want you to see the screen because I'm going to flip it. And, and so we know what these characteristics are, but now I want to ask you some questions. So, so I'm going to ask everybody to stand if you're able. And so this is the part, like right here, we're, good to meet you, I haven't met you yet, Ron Zappia. Tommy. Tommy, good to meet you. Isn't it good to just, you know, meeting all these new people, love it. And, and they're going to lead us into a time of worship as we're standing as a sign of commitment that we want to surrender ourselves as I ask you to consider these questions. And so the first one is this, you're going to see, do you care deeply and genuinely for the spiritual condition of those around you? I mean, you do. I know you do. I know your heart. There's a pulling. Do you? I'm telling you, Jody, this past weekend, my wife, um, this past week, she got up one morning and she just said, I got to go see my mom. And so her mom is in Perrysburg. She's in a home there and she's struggling um, physically. And, you know, it was just, I got to go see her. And so she got up and she drove the four hours there. She spent a couple hours with her mom, and then she drove four hours back all in one day, but she just woke up. She's like, I, I got to do this, because she cares deeply for her mom. And do you know her mom woke up that morning, unbeknownst to Jody, with her lips were blue, and she was suffering from breathing. She wasn't getting enough oxygen. I mean, are you getting to what's happened here? And, and God just put it on her heart, and she went out there, and she was able to pray with her, and she was able to be with her, and read the Psalms to her, and... Hey, man, do you care for the people around you, for their spiritual condition? And, and secondly, do you give generously and sacrificially to the advancement of the gospel? I mean, all your time and your talents and your treasure that, 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 that we can do more together than you can individually. And, and that's, what, that, that's what we're going for, together on mission. 
You know, um, there's a church in St. Vincent. It's High Point St. Vincent. And High Point St. Vincent, you you may not realize it, that they're doing the same series that we're doing. They're opening to the same passages. They're studying the same scriptures. Do you know last weekend, Pastor Al, he texted me as a result of one to worship and the message. They studied the same chapter that we did, John chapter 4. We talked about worshiping in spirit and truth. We're growing in that. Do you know seven people got saved in St. Vincent last weekend? Is that awesome? I mean, it's... And and, and thirdly, are you seen differently and uniquely as a result of what God's done in your life? I mean, I I don't know, Tommy. I I just met you, but I'm I'm guessing God's done some pretty amazing things in your life. True? And I bet you, if I asked him, I'm not going to put him on the spot, but he could tell you two or three things immediately that, man, God did this. And, And so are we seeing differently as a result of the grace that he's given to us? And and lastly, are you responding willingly and graciously in this season of life? Man, you know, I I lost my job, man. You know what? I got kids now, and and that's taken all my time. And guys, it just, I've been around a few times the block, and it doesn't get any easier. And, and, And in this season, what can you do to further the advancement of the gospel? What are you doing with your family and with others? Man, I'll say it again, we can do far more together than we can each do individually. And so I want you to stand as a declaration that we're going to make a pledge that we're standing together today and as soon as they start singing that our hands are surrendered and lifted high, that the banner of our hearts is that we've been one to worship and we're blessed to invest and God, I call out to you now. And I would ask that you would help us to worship you in spirit and truth because of who you are. And we stand in solidarity today with surrendered hearts because the banner on our hearts is Jesus. And we want to proclaim and worship you. And so we surrender ourselves together and give you this declaration. If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. Let's worship him.